Well, welcome to the Apologetics.com radio show where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. I'm Harry Edwards, your host for the evening, and tonight we'll be talking about the Super Bowl ad that seems uh, got everybody up in arms. Uh, somehow there's an uproar over this Super Bowl ad. It's definitely getting attention. We yes. can say that. It's the he gets us. So unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you know that both Christians and non-Christians, uh, conservative, liberal, they're all talking about this. Um, and we want to chime in, too, the Apologetics.com team. We want to chime in. But I'm joined in the studio by my good buddies, Dr. Jacob Daniel and Lenny Esposito. How are you guys doing? Very well. Yeah, looking forward to this show. It's been really busy few weeks. <laughs> yes. Since yeah. the Super Bowl, like the last 10 days or something. It's been, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I know, Lenny, you've got like a, an upcoming uh, big event. Tell yeah, us about it. Yeah, the Dare to Defend conference is our third year that we're having it in Southern California, Corona. And uh, we have some great speakers coming out from Reasons to Believe, uh, Biola University. Uh, our conference topic is uh, Losing Our Humanity, How a Culture uh unhitched from virtue uh will lose its faith and that's that's kind of what we're focusing on is how we're becoming more animalistic in our drives and in our beliefs so we're kind of taking a page from CS Lewis and the abolition of man that uh we we feed our beastly appetites and everything you know revolves around things like sex and personal uh hedonisms uh, and how we can counter that as as a Christian. So yeah, you go to daretodefend.com or comereason.org and grab tickets. It'll be this Friday and Saturday. And this Harry, coming Friday, okay. Yeah, yeah, with your permission, I'll also pitch uh, yes, the, this sure. conference coming up That's right. by Gateway Seminary on the 16th. Yeah. And um, great line of speakers, um, including Sam Volbaum, who used to do our radio show. Yes. Um, so if you're interested in learning about culture, about politics, about theology and anthropology and sociology and topics related to those. Uh, yeah, come and attend. It's in Ontario on the 16th. Yeah. Uh, the conference is called Foundations, Reasons We Believe. All right. The, the Inland Empire is representing. There you go. It's burning up with apologetics. Uh, well, today, just FYI, is February 24th. Just to let Josh know, Josh, it's not a pre-recorded uh, session we have today. This is live, and we want to take your calls uh, on the He Gets Us. We want to know your opinions, good and bad. Uh, give us a call and give us your opinion. Nine, uh, well, 888-995-5552. Again, that's 888-995-KKLA. So give us a call. But so... Before we get into it, though, I just want to remind our listeners that we are supported entirely by your generous donations. If you find our shows valuable and wish to see it continue, please support us by liking and sharing this on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and other social media outlets. Actually, it's not Twitter anymore. It's just X. X. Just yeah. X. Uh, you can also help us with our radio costs by going to our website, which is www.apologetics.com. And click the Donate button. Any amount helps, uh, and your partnership will remain, will help us remain on the air. So, yeah, especially uh, YouTube. I was talking to Jacob a while ago. I do have this desire to grow our YouTube channel. Mm. Um, see, th what we're doing right now is an expense YouTube potentially could pay us. Mm. <laughs> so... Uh, and the good thing is that you can also see us doing the show, not just listen to us. There you yeah. go. Because, <laughs> you know, we have faces made for radio. That's it. <laughs> uh, all right, gentlemen, let's just get into our topic. Um, it's the He Gets Us ad. It was aired during the Super Bowl uh, a couple weeks ago. And it was seen by at least 100 million, according to uh, what I've read. And the creators of the uh, ad spent... Uh, 10 million each, and it was aired twice, so at least uh, 20 million was spent on this. And this is just the Super Bowl portion. It's it's yeah. part of a larger campaign. There there have been billboards for the past uh, couple of years. Uh, in other local sporting events, they are using the He Gets Us campaign um, more 
locally so that you know you can uh, go to the website and things like that and as even well. on YouTube they've been promoting yes it. Yeah. yes uh, last I checked it was close to 800,000 mm-hmm. so maybe yeah maybe it'll get in the millions pretty soon by the time this is aired uh so I want to be fair. You know, I want to be fair. Well, why, why don't we explain okay. what the ad is? Okay, okay go. So, so you have 12 different static images. These are photographs that were taken, uh, but they're, they're uh, real people who are models uh, input in specific situations uh, where one person is washing the feet of another. And you have, um, for example, you have... Uh, younger looking like girl Z. yeah Gen- uh washing the uh feet of an aging relative or a yeah. or older woman who seems to have maybe have a drinking problem or you have a kind of this burly cop kind of guy washing the feet in the back alley of uh, a, a black youth mm-hmm. and there so there's 12 different images like this that are sure eight of the 12 are um white Men or women, middle class, right? Traditional, what what Vox calls cis gendered, um, washing the feet of others. So there's a there's a, a a lady who's washing the feet of a pregnant girl outside a, a clinic that says family planning, where there are protesters in the background, but she's washing the feet of this girl. So th- these are the kinds of ads. And there's no n- commentary on it. It's simply uh, a cover version of NXS's um, song that's playing behind it until the very end card. There's a crescendo to right, it. Right, right. Yeah. And, and it says, Jesus doesn't teach hate. He washed Well, the feet. last image I thought was the... The crescendo, the climax of it. I oh, feel. The, the, the 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 priest, the, the image, priest, yeah, yeah, the priest washing the feet of a, a gay person or trans person, right. yeah. So yeah they, and they and then to, and yeah. then it fades to just text. Yes. So it was, and it says Jesus didn't teach hate, and then the the screen changes. He washed feet. Uh, I wonder if it would be, if it would be correct to say that the picture itself was the commentary. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'm just trying to kind of yeah, paint no, the picture well, yeah. that 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 there's no words to use. There's to no narrative, narrative other than what the images themselves yeah. carry. Right. In other words, uh, people might have different interpretations to it, and maybe the creators were encouraging that. Right. I, mean, yeah. I, I think I think it was uh, very um, kind of clickbaity in in the sense that they they were trying to provoke people yeah. to. Say, what is this? Can I find out more? They're, they were trying to instill questions. Matter of fact, um, one of the persons, uh, there's an article written by a guy who talked with the ad agency who came up with it. And they said, whether we like it, to hear it or not, and survey after survey, even by Christian pollsters, non-Christians believe Christians are against more things than they're for. And their goal then in the ad was to show that Jesus had a far better reputation than his followers. So to remind people that Jesus was a revolutionary, his number one command was to love God, but number two was to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what they were trying to get to in this ad. Um, So they were were trying to kind of provoke that and get people to call and then where they could put them in touch with churches or other people who— would give them more information. According to what I read, 20,000 churches apparently were contacted to help with this. Hmm. So not 20,000 individuals, 20,000 churches. Yeah, where they could, oh, well, across the country. Acro- so they, uh, could, they, the could, country, they right. could reference people to a church in their local area. So this is huge. Uh, I read somewhere that this is part of a one billion, one billion with a B, budget to help spread the gospel. This is one billion. So it's huge. Um, the title of our show is He Gets Us, But Do We Get Him? Prerequisites to Pre-Evangelism. All right, so we have some stuff to say about it. Uh, there's good and bad. We want to be balanced. Um, but if you want to chime in, the number to call is 888-995-KKLA. Again, that's 888-995-5552. Call us with your comments. Your, you might have some opinions. You might think that some of some of the reactions out there is just way over the top. Uh, we want to hear from you. 
All right, let's uh, let's before we critique it too harshly. What are some of the good things you find in this this ad? Well, it does put Jesus front and center in a in a public space, uh, so that that's a that's a kind of a positive in the sense that you know it reminds me of like I always get excited around Christmas time because you actually have songs where if you listen to the lyrics of them. You know, come all ye faithful or silent night. These are worship songs yeah. yes. in their in their lyrical content, and and to to hear them in the grocery store or at, you know in, in secular settings, it's just there's something a little bit joyful about that. So on one hand, you start to say, "Wow, you know, hey, we're not invisible in the sense of we 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 can put a message out there as yes. well." Yeah. And I would just add one thing is that um, I think it has brought to the fore the importance of cultural apologetics that which yes. we do. Yes. Right. right? That's and the right. discussion around what pre-evangelism is. Yes. And I think that's that's a good thing. And I I believe it's one of those time um, every year i think around this time it happens right for some reason well, <laughs> <isn't it>? yeah because <laughs> super bowl happens around this exactly. time exactly <laughs> and and then you're getting into you're getting ready to get into the easter season of course which yeah. is a, yes. a, 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 you get the ceo christians yes who, who and you get all those um, special time it's funny time in life magazines will always run those special jesus issues those jesus because they know that they sell off yeah. yeah so so you you do get a higher profile and all of these kinds of things so i think if, with regards to so what it is doing is what what i love uh, osgenis says contrast is the mother of clarity so i'm hoping being an optimist that even through this that we will have more clarity in terms of what we believe about evangelism pre-evangelism and even how to engage with the culture yeah. Are we in a place to even propose uh, uh, the right and true gospel in the way we want to? Yeah, yeah you know, that's an interesting point because, uh, so take the, even the phrase pre-evangelism. A lot of people haven't ever even heard that phrase before. It was it was evangelism, right? It's go out and be Billy Graham or some facility of that. And this is, a, this is more missional. The way you would go uh, if you were going off to say, uh, you know, the, the way the 19th century missionaries would travel to China, they would have to understand what culture they're stepping into. They would have to understand what some of those um, aspects of that culture entail and what they communicate. And they're they're going to have to live among those people and adopt some of those cultural Arts, the, the milieu of that culture, in order to communicate a gospel clearly and effectively, and yeah. so they understand that you have to understand the people you're talking to before you can talk to them. Yeah, right. uh, with my background in intercultural studies and missiology, uh, this is something I always talk to students about. You know, uh, who are interested in missions. Uh, a thing to think about is that um, are we doing missions, keeping in mind that we have to contextualize the gospel to the culture or culture to the gospel. Yeah. yeah that's, always... that's a clear distinction we must have. Yes. And I think much of our discussion to, tonight is going to be around that very fact that I think what we are proposing is that we have to bring cultures in submission to what the gospel says. Sure, sure. Not the other way around. Now, we have a caller on hold. Uh, Derek, just hang in there. I know we just kind of barely started uh, our introduction here. But uh, tonight's show, we want to definitely talk about the ad itself, what we like and what we don't like, and then f- closing it off with what I'm calling prerequisites to pre-evangelism uh, and maybe a little bit of what cultural apologetics is all about, because this is cultural apologetics, and uh, apologetics.com is committed to it. Uh, maybe we can uh, even add a, a commentary on why we think there's an uproar over this mm. this ad. Uh, it'd be I haven't uh, read anyone uh, trying to analyze that. Uh, I know I have my ideas. I've shared it with you, gentlemen. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get Derek on the line, knowing that uh, you know um, he might segue into some of our points here. Hi, Derek from Downey. You're on the air uh, with Apologetics.com. Do you have a question or comment? Um, I, my my comment is well, it's like. It's 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 not hard for me. Um, you know, uh, let me just let you know something really quick. Uh, I am still friends with this pastor. He he stepped down from the church basically 
as a pastor, and it kind of hurt me, kind of got butt hurt a little bit, but he's still my friend to this day. And one thing that he, that's one thing that he did that he impressed me with, is he not only talked to us about washing the feet of, you know, your disciples, he actually had one of our people up there. Hmm. He was washing their feet. And would you, uh, you know, when you really, uh, you really do that, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you see a man up there older than you, and he's dealing at the foot of a, you know, I mean, I know, he knows them, but still, you know, I mean, we have to like, uh, we gotta, we gotta stop this, all this stuff somewhere, you know. I mean, we got, we gotta like stop the hate, and that's where what it boils down to is, you know, I mean, the, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't agree or disagree if people wanna like change themselves, but. Uh, you know, I mean, we really need to um, check into our mental, you know, stuff and all that. I yeah. Mean, we really do. Yeah, and thanks. Really, thanks, Derek. That's, that's definitely helpful. And uh, I hope you listen some more because we want to cover some of the points you just mentioned. Gentlemen, do you have uh, comments for uh, Derek? Well, I would say that, you know, and I, and I have been involved in foot washing ceremonies uh, as well. And uh, two things are, are, first of all, it is humbling. It is. It, it, it is humbling when you, when you hold another person's foot in your hand. It's, it's, it's humbling for you. Um, it's interesting that Derek had mentioned that uh, his pastor had counseled him as to how we should be washing the feet of our disciples. But there's a distinction there, and that's one of the uh, uh, criticisms some of the folks have lodged against the uh, ad itself is we're not, in a, we're not in a position of discipleship as yet. We're still in a position of outreach, initial um, introductions, so to speak. Pre-evangelism. Right, right, right. pre-evangelism. So, so is foot washing the proper um, symbol for that? And then lastly, of course, uh, for us as Christians, foot washing immediately brings to mind the upper room. It's a very, very familiar story, but it's not familiar to those who don't even know the names of the apostles, let alone what happened when they decided to have that yeah. last meal together. And, and it, it, it could be actually confusing to quite a few people. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Ther- uh, Derek, thanks for uh, your call and keep listening, please. And uh, we're going we're gonna to move on. Thanks again for your call, Derek. Hey, thank you, guys. You guys have a good night. Okay. Thank you. Good keep night. listening. I think uh, Derek kind of points to something, even with the very symbol of uh, foot washing. It's a tool being used to mm-hmm. bring the message of the gospel in one sense. That's the yes, attempt, that's, at that's least. The, uh, that's the hope. So, so that's the good question. Even with pre-evangelism, we should be asking by what standard? What kind of tools are we using? Are they even applicable in the context in which we want to bring it? Right with Paul in Acts seventeen, we see that he goes about looking at different altars that they have set up, right, right to to worship their gods, and he doesn't go and appropriates or brings the gospel to say that, oh, we can actually replace the altar of Zeus and replace that with Jesus. No, right. he was appealing to their ignorance about an unknown God, and he presents that who that God is. Right, right? in our culture, what's happening with foot washing as well is that. It can be misinterpreted by people saying that, oh, I have this altar, right, that I understand where I worship. Now, Jesus can somehow fit into that altar. Yes. And I think that's where the problem is. So we should be asking even with regards to tools and symbols that we use in pre-evangelism, by whose standard. And, and there's not even a reference to yeah. what an altar is, actually. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I just want to—I know— Believe it or not, timing is is running fast and moving away from us. Uh, we're talking about what we like about it. I want to say a couple things about what I like, and then we'll definitely spend some time talking about what we don't like, what we think um, is missing the, the mark here. But I do like the fact that it's an attempt to bridge the gap between the seeker and what they long for, namely that's Jesus, and hopefully they're curious enough 
uh, about the person of Jesus, and uh, I know the campaign uh, is talking about the Jesus of the Bible and is encouraging them to to learn more about this historical Jesus. I like that. And uh, this is this came in kind of at the last uh, of my list because I, I wouldn't do this, but they put a little bit of a disclaimer saying that they acknowledge they could be mistaken about how they present this. Um, so hmm. I think that's a sign of humility, you know. So they're inviting conversation, a dialogue, which is good. All right, um, let's set this up for what we think is lacking in this ad, uh, what marks they've missed. Um, and I know we will get into a station break in a couple minutes, but let's start real quick. Um, what what don't we like about this ad? I think uh, we kind of discussed about this. Here we should be seeing... Uh, the point of evangelism, um, even with our pre-evangelism, we need to be understanding uh, the posture we take with regards to who is it that we are preaching the gospel for. Is it for the sake of the people or is it for the sake of Christ? If it is for the sake of people, we'll always be seeker-friendly and the seeker himself or herself becomes the center of our outreach. And I think that's a big mistake. Whereas if we keep the pure gospel, then Christ becomes the center and what he has done and what he has taught us to accomplish through evangelism. And I think with this ad, there is that confusion. There is no clarity as to where you would land, right? If someone was to watch this as completely uh, unknown to who Jesus is, right, there can be different messages that could be gathered. Yeah. Uh, and that's a dangerous place to be at. Matter of fact, I remember when I first saw the ad, I I was going, okay, who's behind this? <laughs> and I'm cautious. Is this yeah. is this the Latter Day Saints Church? Is this the Church of Scientology? Both of which have very active media, and they both also give these same kind of amorphous type feelings about who Jesus is, and both of whom, as you go deeper into their systems, you find out that they're desperately wrong. And so I was initially watching before we got the he gets us dot com, you know, address where you can now go look it up. Say, like, okay, well it's just it's generically Christian. But there was a, a little bit of an unsettling and part of that was because of the way they juxtaposed the foot washer and the foot washy. Uh, they were trading on very clear modern tropes. And those tropes weren't asking the individual. It, it, it was almost like the Christian has to humble himself because they've taken a stance on certain issues that our culture sees as divisive. Hmm. And just because we've taken a stance on those issues that others feel are divisive, we have to somehow now humble ourselves to make sure that they don't misunderstand us. But misunderstanding has been part of Christianity since its inception. Jesus was misunderstood. Yeah. And that's that's part of the thing that bothers me in this is because he said, you know, a student shall not be greater than his master. If they've hated me, they will hate you. you. It doesn't matter. So that was part of the, the, the thing that kind of rubbed me wrong. And also, this is something they mentioned on their website. I'm quoting them here. Uh, Throughout our shared history, Jesus has represented the ultimate good that humankind is capable of aspiring to. Mm. And I think that there's a problem there. You and, know, that statement alone, and maybe we can uh, disagree on this, but I'm not sure. What, what is so bad about that one? So uh, it seems like there's a human potentiality that can aspire to being good and being, in some sense, being acceptable by Jesus. So this point usually raised that a lot of people, they love Jesus, but they hate, hate Christians. I tend to disagree with that. I think there are many who know Jesus, but they still hate him. And they don't want him in their life. And that's what who needs the gospel, right? They, they are the ones who really need to know who this Jesus is and submit to and commit to him. Un- unless it's a longing, a built-in longing by God, and, and it's something that uh, is a holy aspiration. It could, be, it could be the first step. So I think on its own, I'm, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. But we can talk more about that. So anyways, I hear the music, and so it's time for a station break. We'll be right back after a few messages. 
Today, let's consider the call to engage in Christian apologetics. Christian apologetics is the reasoned and thoughtful defense of the truth claims of Christianity, providing intellectual, philosophical, and historical justifications for our beliefs. However, as we engage in apologetics, Peter reminds us to do so with gentleness and respect, rooted in love and compassion, seeking to build bridges of understanding rather than creating division. It's not about winning arguments, but about sharing the hope that we have in Christ, an invitation to seekers, skeptics, to explore the evidence, grapple with tough questions, and to encounter the truth of the gospel. Let's be prepared to give a reason for our hope. Let's study, equip ourselves with knowledge, and engage in respectful conversations. May our apologetic endeavors be a means to draw others closer to the truth of Jesus Christ. I'm Minerva Edwards with Apologetics.com. For more resources, go to www.apologetics.com. All right, let's get back to the Apologetics.com radio show. Well, welcome back to the uh, second half hour of the Apologetics.com radio show where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. Tonight we're talking about the Super Bowl ad, He Gets Us, and why a lot of people are uh, just up in arms about it. There's an uproar over it, and uh, we want to understand what that's all about. We talked about some of the good things about the ad and mind you, we, we want to be charitable. Uh, this is a legitimate Christian effort. Yeah, and, and there's yeah. no there's no animus on the right. part of the mayors. They they really are trying to reach people. They do really believe that Christianity has been misunderstood in our culture, right. and they want to present Jesus as one who carries the message that uh, you should love your neighbors as yourself. I don't know that this ad does that clearly. Yeah, mm. I think we all agree on that one. Yeah. Uh, it's a big miss, uh, and so it's unfortunate because they spent multi-millions, and uh, uh, there's another suggested one on YouTube where, you know, they go, how about this ad? This should have aired instead, that he saves us. Yeah. And I think clearly, to me, it's a much better ad because uh, the message is clearer, right? At the very end, he goes, Jesus doesn't just get us. Yeah. He saves us, transforms us, cleanses us, restores, forgives, heals, delivers, redeems, loves us. And then they added that. Yeah, and uh, they show people who have been transformed. That's right. Yeah. I mean, the whole ad isn't isn't someone watching the foot. It's it's a person who's smiling and says, this was a right. former, former uh, lesbian activist. Yes. This was a former drug addict. This former was abortionist. A, a abor- yeah. Right. And who's holding a baby now. Right, so right. so it's, 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 it's a redeemed yes. life. Yeah. It's much clearer. Yeah. And I think, Lenny, you will remember I made this point early on. Like Even with the task of evangelism, our goal should be one of an individual who has submitted oneself fully right. for discipleship. Right. Right. That should be the goal as well. Uh, And I think uh, we have to remember that, yes, Jesus gets us. And Harry, I mentioned to you, right, he gets us either dead or alive. (laughs) There is nothing in between. Right. We have to depend on him. And that happens only through the way of cross. The message of the cross has to be preached as to how he transforms us, but not by our own strength. but. Submitting to him fully. I shared with you guys uh, before the show, John chapter 2, 23 to 25. Uh, if the he gets us creators just probably looked at that verse, they probably would have rethunk uh, the, the, uh, the, the slogan, he gets us. Because in John 2, uh, chapter 2, that literally there's a phrase there, maybe not exactly he gets us, but Jesus is actually saying to some of his followers, uh, he's distancing himself yeah. because he knows them. He gets us, and some of them are just wicked. <laughs> right. So he's like, no thank you to you guys. Well, and this is this is a second point, and I think it's it's telling because while you, especially a lot of Christians who run in Christian circles, have heard Christian criticisms, and some will say, well, you're being overly harsh and things like that, what do the secular left think of the ad. Yes. Now, there was an article in, in Vox, there was another one in MSNBC uh, talking about these ads, and the first big question that they ask is, who exactly is this us, hmm. right? And the uh, authors of the article says, um, in eight of the ad's 12 images, the person doing the fo- foot washing is a put-together, cisgender-presenting white person 
some middle, some working class, washing the feet of their presumed opposite. An oil driller washing the feet of a clean air protester, Gen Zer washing the feet of an aging relative. We're supposed to read this as a straightforward message of opposites uniting despite their differences. But because there's a uniformity in the depiction of those who's doing the act versus who get their feet washed, the overall impression is one of performativity rather than sincerity. And then he quotes uh, an ex-evangelical who said, ex-pastor even, um, uh, who said the ad could be easily read as a, quote, quick way to put a veneer of acceptance over Christian communities that find it difficult to live out the message of acceptance in real and tangible ways. So basically they're saying that this is a bait and switch. It's a smoke screen. It's we're, we're, we're trying to put a, a veneer of we like everybody, we'll accept everybody. But once we get you into our church, we're going to make you change. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there, his, his concluding comment was, in other words, Christ may get us, but as long as the campaign emphasizes teaching the unsaved, the unwashed masses about the love of the divine instead of demonstrating true empathy for all, it will always backfire. So yeah. that's, that's the left. I think they get clear distinction between sympathy and empathy. Yes. I think with Christ, he sympathizes with our sin. He doesn't empathize by sinning. Right. right. He becomes sin. He doesn't sanction it. He yeah. doesn't sanction it. I think there's an expectation. So when people are watching this, what their expectations are, as it is written here, right, in, in this article, that we desire to empathize with us, affirm who we are as we are. Right. Right. And accept as right. we are. Because that's the demand. And of if our we don't clarify today. that Jesus doesn't do that, it is easily to assume that Jesus would do that. And I think this would be a preaching of a different gospel. Well, and it's exactly why the phrase of the ad is he gets us. And it puts the emphasis on us. We're still the center of the world. We're still yeah. the center in the spotlight. It's not Jesus that's the center. Actually, and in Jesus this. does teach us to hate certain things. Sure. So it's not that it's he, he doesn't. I mean, he makes us l- love all things, right? Without setting any boundaries, he sets the boundaries, and he demands us to hate certain things, uh, not hate people, as he has not, but he sympathizes with them, and we can sympathize with others, knowing that we were one of these, and Christ transformed us, and he did that. Uh, by his ultimate sacrifice. And that transformative measure, m- m- message has to be preached and be included in the gospel, which I think this ad was missing. Yes, yeah, so you are listening to apologetics.com, uh, and our topic for tonight is the uh, He Gets Us ad that was aired a couple weeks ago during the Super Bowl. And uh, if you want to join in and uh, chime in, um, you might have some comments or opinions about the ad he gets us. Please give us a call at triple eight nine nine five KKLA. Again, that's triple eight nine nine five fifty five fifty two. I know when I first viewed the ad, um, I was actually overseas when all of this hubbub came about, and I go, "What's going on? What ad are they talking about?" Uh, so I viewed it online. And I go, all right, these are nice images, all right. And then somebody even said it might be AI-generated, and I go, oh, okay, all right. I see how it could be AI-generated because it's very, it's very tailored. It's like yeah. very specific how they wanted uh, the actors to be placed. And, and, they, and they've processed the photos in such a way that yeah. it has an artificial It actually uh, looks okay. And then, uh, you know, they're using this music, and then there's a pause, uh, this this uh, dramatic pause, and then a crescendo of the music, and they show the last slide, and I go, ah, all right. I got sick to my stomach a little bit because I n- kind of knew what they were trying to push, and then the words, right? Jesus didn't hate. Uh, Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet. False dichotomy in my mind right away. I go, false dichotomy, because the implicitly it was implicitly suggesting that we have to choose between God's love and his holiness or God's love and his justice mm-hmm. um so you always have to watch out for something like that because it's it's not an either or they're not it's not just Matter God's fact, love and justice I would say it's the other way around if you love your child you don't capitulate to him you don't allow them to have cake for breakfast right, it, it, the, right. the do unto others or love your neighbor as yourself would mean put their best interests at yeah. heart, even if those best interests go against 
what they want to do. Right. That's that's true love. And that any parent will tell you that's the hardest thing. Yeah. Sometimes punishing your child withholding the whatever the weekend camping trip because they've done something. It's hard for a parent because you want to have them have that experience and enjoy it, but you know that the punishment is necessary yeah. and you do it even though you don't like yeah. it. Yeah, and, and in that, the task of oh. evangelism, we need to understand that we all come to a point where we have to decide sometimes. It's always good to have friends and friendship together, hmm. right? You maintain your friendship and you keep your friend. Great. But there comes a time in evangelism, especially when you're offering the truth, that you have to choose between your friendship and your friend. And I hope you choose your friend. Because yeah. there are eternal consequences to their decisions when it comes to Christ. Sure. As Coco would say, right, is it vanilla ice cream or uh, yeah. antibiotics or whatever, right? I mean, we'd rather have vanilla ice cream, but what we really need is the uh, penicillin, right? Not fun sometimes. But um, the whole Jesus didn't teach hate, that phrase alone reminded me of something sometimes when people put words in your mouth. Uh, and it puts you on the defense right away. Kind of like it's akin to the statement, Lenny, when did you stop beating your wife? Yeah. Right? It, hmm. it's, it smells <laughs> of that. Uh, of course, Jesus didn't teach hate. Where, where do we find that? But yeah. why do you, do you even say why, that? Why couch it in those terms? Yeah. Exactly. Jesus did do a lot of things. Like Jesus didn't teach us how to crochet. I mean, it's, But Jesus did say <laughs> to the... To the uh, Syrian woman, you know, he, he did say uh, when she asked for, Lord, help me, he goes, well, it's not good for the uh, children to give their bread to the dogs, mm-hmm. right? Some people would take that as a hateful statement. Offense. That's right. Yeah. Uh, how insensitive, how, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. My so, goodness. Uh, but she properly understood what he was trying to do. And she said, yeah, but even the crumbs. Right. Yeah. Right. And Jesus does that time and again with rich young ruler, yes. right? Yeah. He reminds him that he really knows him. <laughs> and the rich young ruler doesn't like it. He can't go and sell everything and follow Jesus. The same kind of calling he had that other disciples had. Come and follow me. So we have another caller on the line, Chad. Chad has been patiently waiting. Chad, I'm going to bring you in. Chad, welcome to the Apologetics.com radio show. You're on the air. Do you have a question or comment for us? Hey, yes, this is Chad, T.D., City of the Angels. Uh, yes, uh, the comment is, is, you know, obviously we're washed by the blood of Jesus, not by washing each other's feet. And did Jesus call us to go out into the world and wash everybody's feet? And was he actually showing us that uh, we are to love our brothers and sisters and make that attempt so that they can clean their own lives and not to theoretically go around washing everybody's feet. And uh, yes, he didn't teach hate, uh, but he said, I have this against you. I hate what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And we don't hate as Christians. We hate the actions. And uh, I have mixed emotions about the ad, um, obviously. So do we, so do we, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so do we, Chad. I'm agreeing with you. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a couple of things here, and and you bring out a good point. Uh, If you were to exegete the washing of the feet, a couple of things are, are interesting. First of all, it happens before Jesus' sacrifice. It happens, right, on Holy Thursday, Last Supper, as they're preparing to depart, it happens in the broader context of a, uh, Jesus talking about the greatest of you will be the least among you. So it, it, that teaching is replete throughout the Gospels that that leadership within the church should be steward a leadership. It should be servant leadership. It shouldn't be trying to grab the highest rank in the highest order. You should sit at the lowest end of the table, right? He says he has these teachings over and over again. But that's all within the context of within the church, not necessarily going outside to the masses who have yet to become disciples. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very stark contrast. Secondly, feet have always been how you proceed in life. You wash the feet so that they're clean, so that you don't count maybe past steps against a person, but the idea is to keep traveling forward in a clean 
environment to keep your your path clean. And that's where this ad, I think, really goes astray because it doesn't seem to get that message at all. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Chad, for calling and for your support through your listenership. All right. You have a good night. So that was great. Um, If you want to join our conversation and you're still awake, (laughs) the number to dial is 888-995-5552. Again, 888-995-KKLA. You might have a comment or two, an opinion about the ad that has garnered so much attention, both the left and the right, both conservative and liberal, both Christian, non-Christian. One of the saving features maybe about this ad, we talked about this before, was when uh, New Atheist Dawkins uh, sponsored a billboard on the side of the bus that said something about that mentioned something about God. There's probably no God. There's probably no God. Therefore, yeah. Yeah, live, like relax or something. Yeah, and live your, go Live be your happy. life. Yeah, do do whatever. Yeah. And obviously that's a, it, it seemed like it was a slap against Christianity. Justin Brierley in his book said that he, he, that ad probably uh, did more to advance Christianity than the initial plan. Got, got at yeah. least people talking about yes. faith yeah. and, and the existence of God. And it was so successful that even Christian organizations actually were supporting that billboard. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> thought that was interesting. So my hope and desire and prayer is that this uh, he gets this ad actually does a one eighty degrees and somehow and we know God can use anything sure. for His glory, uh, so at least people are talking about this now. You know, you know when it comes to so so they, this is where I might little slightly. Uh, I, I know God can redeem all things, but there is there's a way that God has appointed. I can use uh, a wrench to nail something, but that's not what it is made for. Hammer is made to do that. And I think there's a pattern set with regards to gospel and how what the gospel means. And I think there is reverence in presenting that gospel in a certain manner. Mm. God can use anything for sure, but I think we need to honor him with what he has instituted. So so we are all for pre-evangelism. I think, yeah. he, right? Yeah. We appreciate that we need it, but we have to do it in a manner that honors the Lord. So there are three points I wanted to actually highlight because our listeners, if you're, if you're interested in knowing what pre-evangelism is, uh, I would say it, it, it's built on three premises. One is that all truth is God's truth, right? Uh, and it, that needs to be redeemed unto mm-hmm. God. Even if those who don't believe have access to those truth in some manner, we need to actually redeem it for the glory of God. Second is that all domain is God's domain be it media, be it business, be it whatever it might be. Pre-evangelism is possible in all places because God remains sovereign over all those domains too. And at the end, all that matters is that we recognize that Christ's complete lordship over those domains. And even in our preaching, even in our evangelism or pre-evangelism, that has to be our motive and that has to be our attitude and confidence built upon that Christ is Lord over all. All things, and that has to be seen up front. It's mm. it should not be seen as being yeah. deceptive, secondary, or, secondary. Yeah. That has to be the primary thing because when Christ calls us to Himself, as as I think it was Bonhoeffer said, right? He mm. calls us to die. Yeah, you know what you said there, Jacob, reminded me of a famous quote by Abraham Kuyper. I like I like Abraham Kuyper's uh, thing on this. He says there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. Yeah. yeah. I love that quote. And and you, you brought up a, a prior point about history, and this is one of the things where I think that the, the crafters of the ad are just simply ignorant about Christian history because there's a assumption that this is somehow new territory for us, and it absolutely isn't. We've been in this before. We've got the writings of the church. Remember what they said is there's this widespread feeling out there that Christians are all about hate. Where Tertullian wrote about this when the Roman Empire was persecuting Christians. And it's interesting. He says, what is there more unfair than to hate a thing of which you know nothing, even though it deserves to be hated? Hatred is only merited when it is known to be merited, but without knowledge, whence 
is it justice to be vindicated, right? Uh, I think uh, it was Chesterton that said, it's not that Christianity has been tried and found wanting, it's that Christianity has been uh, hated and left untried, Mm -hmm. dismissed and left untried. And and that's what what we're seeing here. And imagine going back to the second and third centuries where the Romans were we're castigating the Christians because all you have to do is worship the emperor. Hmm. All you have to do is take on the cultural milieu that we want you to take on. Just accept this. You can worship your God as well, Yeah. but just accept this one thing about me, about our society. Just, just acquiesce here. And it was at that point, the Christians said, no, we cannot. Mm-hmm. And, right. and they stood indifferent yet. They still grew because of their stance against the evils of the day. And they went about preaching another king yeah. for which they were beheaded, right? It's the complete lordship of Christ again over all things. Yeah. The other thing I don't like about the ad is uh, the Latin uh, phrase non sequitur, right? Yeah. May, meaning it just does not follow. So whatever images and words they were showing, nothing of what they said follows. Uh, I, I know they're trying to say, all right, you Christians, be more humble, be more loving, but it, a lot of it is confusing. Like, for instance, what, what exactly does Jesus get about us? You know, what ex- or uh, are, are sinners needing saving? That's not even mentioned, you know, sin or sinners not mentioned. It's not clear. Um, instead, it might actually condone our sinful lifestyle. And by the way, what does washing feet have to do with our modern sensibilities, right? Right. That, again, that's a complete miss. No, people won't understand it. it, it it's, you, there there's, was a long time where Christians were warned, stop using Christianese. Stop trying to witness to your friend. I'm washed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm soaked right. in His Word. I'm, you know, Born again. All, yeah. that, all that stuff where people have no idea what you're talking about. Now we just add foot washing to it. Yeah. Uh, and you were saying, I know in one show you did, uh, Jacob, what does foot washing have to do with uh, like other cultures? They might not understand that. Now, maybe in the first century in Palestine they would, but nowadays, yeah. what's that and maybe all about? some people in India, it is still practiced around election times. When <laughs> politicians, they would come, I see. upper caste, right? <laughs> they would let their feet being washed by lower caste, ah, or they would do you. the other way in rare cases. Okay, we have another caller, and uh, this might be our last one. Gregory from Wilmington. We're going to bring you in. Hello, Gregory. You are on the air with Apologetics.com. Uh, do you have a question or comment for us? Yeah, well, question or comment in the sense of uh, you're washing of the feet. You know, how many times did Jesus explain washing of the feet? I think, you know, you have one that uh, kind of ends like those that forgive little, love little. Then you got the idea of Jesus saying, well, you don't understand what's happening to you kind of to Peter until later. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at washing of the feet when you're entering a home, so what does that have to do with Jesus and the kingdom of God when you wash somebody's feet? What do you actually confidently, lovingly inviting these people to simply, even in a perplexed consideration, understand what it means? to put your hands under somebody's feet, much less put your hair and your tears on them. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. You have a wonderful, blessed night. I'm oh, at work, so... Yeah, thanks, Gregory, Thank for you. your call. Good stuff there. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, no, Gregory's right, right? I mean... Yeah. There's a disconnect. Yeah, and, and again, because it, it, it only happens within the context right. of, of teaching leaders to be humble to their followers. Right. And we need to also emphasize that all these critic among Christians is not because we hate each other. Right. It's because iron sharpens iron, and we are here yeah. to help our brothers that they would help us if we are yeah. in a place where we are not presenting the gospel properly. And likewise, I think people who are stepping in and uh, commenting on this and critiquing the ad and bringing their concerns, it's for them to actually even become better. Yeah. I hope they come up with a better advertisement yeah next for next time. year yeah, yeah that's the hope and prayer yeah uh so that no that's good yeah we're not here because we have this passion passionate dislike or distaste for the the ad and what the group is doing no they're our brothers we love them uh we're just trying to tweak it 
a little bit better because we at Apologetics.com, we've been doing this for a long time. We want to see ourselves as experts in this, yeah. you know, on cultural apologetics. And may I say that maybe part of the uproar surrounding this is because a lot of folks are now just getting introduced for the first time to cultural apologetics, mm-hmm. and they're not quite sure where to put that. You know, they're not quite sure. Uh, they, they don't have a framework to which they can place this in their way of thinking. The other thing, too, is uh, I think you mentioned this before. It's unfortunate, but the politics kind of overshadows the message. You know, they, yeah. th- that, it, it was a little too strong. It was too obvious. And like that article you're reading, Lenny, uh, they're showing polar opposites. And, and, they're, and they're very 2024 caricatures of what polar opposites are. Right. They're not – it's not – it wasn't a person handing from a Christian food pantry – to an individual who's in need. It's not starting an African school. Things that Christians have traditionally done in ministry and 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 have really made differences providing vaccines to uh you know underreached areas of the world, things like that. This is what Christianity started doing. And Christianity's built the first hospitals. Christianity started the first orphanages scooping the the children who were abandoned. By the uh, by, the Romans and the Greeks, you know, they would scoop up those kids, even if those kids were maimed, and they would take them into their house and share uh, what limited food they had, even with these children who would never be productive farmhands. This is the kind of thing that that Christianity did that showed the value of individuals, and those are the pieces that I think would have been much more powerful in to. Also, in our may I add this in our pre-evangelism efforts, may I offer a couple suggestions? One is the interplay between message and method. I know in my mind that's easy to remember: message and method. Uh, we can tweak, however, way we present the message. Uh, and in this case, they were culturally sensitive to the times by making you know a Super Bowl ad. My goodness, that's like the the best way to communicate anything today is an ad during the Super Bowl, right? Because millions see it. So that's good. Hooray for the, that effort. But the message cannot be compromised. You got to work at it. You got to make sure you are biblical about it and right on on that. So you can tweak the method, whatever, but the message needs to remain faithful. Uh, the other thing I was going to say, just make good connections between need and resource. What I mean by that is uh, we have longings, we have needs. We know that we're not perfect uh, creatures. And so because we are contingent, we have needs and we long for those uh, resources. I'm sure uh, that's what I'm trying to say. We long for these resources and we find that in the gospel. We find that in the person of Jesus. And Jesus is our supreme example where he presents himself to the hungry as the bread of life, Mm. Uh, to the thirsty, I am the living water, right? There's that bridge. So how can we do that to our, to the seeker? How can we be like that to the seeker? Yeah. Yeah. And he says, if you do not eat my bread and drink my blood, you shall have no part in me. Exactly. It's very divisive at that point. Okay, I hear the music loud and clear. So you've been listening to Apologetics.com radio where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. Our hope is that you've learned some aspect about the Christian worldview that strengthens your faith and make you want to learn more. So special thanks to my panel this evening, Jacob and Lenny, and to our behind-the-scenes sound engineer back there. Special thank you to you, our listeners. Until next time, good night. 